What's going on, everybody? This be your boy DJ Anonymous with Sports Biz Music, the podcast episode twenty. And not only I got a special guest, I got a legend, a legendary DJ from Miami, Florida, DJ EFN. What's going on? What up? What up, man? How's How you doing? Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, usually, you know, I tell people, uh, you know, to, to introduce themselves and things like that. Right. I know a lot of people know you, but it's still some, like especially the younger, still the younger generation that don't really know about you. But you can give you like a brief introduction. Yeah, I mean, uh, my name's DJ EFN. Um, I have a company called Crazy Hood Productions. Mm-hmm. We based out of Miami, started in Miami, 1993. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of things, you know, in, within the industry from obviously being a DJ, doing mixtapes. I was known as like the mixtape dude mm-hmm. out of Miami. I was like my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, I had a clothing store called Crazy Good. I have a marketing company called CHP Marketing just marketing for like every, almost every label at one point. Mm-hmm. Rockefeller, Def Jam, Universal, you name this it. it. Yeah, even movies and, and even like other kinds of brands. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't management, I manage this group Mayday that's out of Miami that's signed to Tech Nine right now. Currently we have a song with Kendrick Lamar. This was it. Um, we got a gold record off of that, a gold plaque. So check out for Mayday. I've, so I've managed artists, Garcia, Heckler, artists under my brand. Work closely with Nori. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, got the podcast Drink Champs. Mm-hmm. I'm the co-creator mm-hmm. and co-host of the show. Not just not just the guy on the side. I'm actually the creator of the show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like I like I said before the podcast, like I you know honestly you know I find out about you because of Drink Champs. Right. It was a great podcast, but I want to start like from the beginning. You right. know. Uh, so what is all started like with the music? Like when it all started. Like getting into music? Yeah, yeah. Or just like liking music? Um, liking music. I mean, young age, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, growing up around just music in general, uh, you know, Cuban kid, you know, mm-hmm. grew up Cuban family, mm-hmm. born in LA, and there's music all around, mm-hmm. like Spanish music, salsa, merengue, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, when I lived in LA, my older cousins, they used to always be playing like disco music, mm-hmm. uh, or whatever pop, 80s pop music. That, that time period so all that stuff came around and then you know little by little you, I didn't know it was hip hop but you know rap music was starting to penetrate like at that time whether it be like Curtis Blow or mm-hmm. Sugar Hill Gang mm-hmm. or, or Melly Mel you know Grandmaster Flash mm-hmm. but you know it's just a part of like the soundtrack it's not I don't, yeah. I'm not pinpointing this is hip hop yet yeah. it was a kid so I moved to Miami stay in Miami and um and actually, when I was here in junior high, in Arvada Junior High, not too far from where we're at now, mm-hmm. and I was a skater, actually. So you was, you st- do you still skate? Huh? Nah, <laughs> I don't know. I was old for that shit. We tired. I was, I was a skater. I was a horrible skater, but I was into the mm-hmm. culture of skating. Like mm-hmm. I, just like a hip-hop culture, like skating has a culture. Mm-hmm. And I remember when a fellow skater, who was also a graffiti artist out here, a big graffiti artist, mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh, man. You know, at that point already, I'm already, li- like, I was listening to a little bit of rock music, too. Mm-hmm. Like, heavy metal. So I was into, like, all kinds of stuff. And But in those in that, I was also listening to, like, Run DMC and mm-hmm. Dougie Fresh and Beastie Boys and Slick Rick and that stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, MC Shy D, you know, mm-hmm. Two Life Crew from out here. Yeah, yeah. It was all in the mix. And then I remember I asked this dude, I was like, that's another skater. I was like, yo, what kind of music you listen to? And he's like, oh, I listen to that. And he goes to me, what am I? I said, oh, I listen to rap. He goes, well, what do you listen to? He goes, I listen to hip hop. I never heard that term. So what, like, like before we go forward, like I never understood the difference between rap, between rap and hip hop. Like, what's the true well, difference? Well, the, the real difference. I don't think he was thinking in the difference. But mm-hmm. The real difference is, rap is the music. Mm-hmm. 
of a culture and the culture is hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, if you, I guess it's easy to say, like if you didn't feel like, you, if you didn't really live or, 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 or breathe or feel like you were part of the culture of hip hop, mm-hmm. you just be like, yeah, listen to rap. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, if you're just some kid that just has Justin Bieber and this and this rap, <laughs> you know, Gucci man, you know, you listen to rap. Yeah, yeah. But if you're someone that kind of feels like you live and breathe, you know, the culture, mm-hmm. you know, however you want to look at it, then it's, it's hip hop. You know? mm-hmm. Hip hop is the culture, rap is the music of the culture. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's pretty much like hip hop is like, rap is like the, pretty much the offset, and hip hop is like the, just the whole, the whole community. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you go back, some people used to call rap as like, it was like a bad thing. Mm-hmm. They used to say, oh, that, you know, that's rap. Like rappers would say, it's like hip hop. Mm-hmm. Like, you just do rap, like rap being like pop music of hip hop. Mm-hmm. Like you just like MC Hammer, he used to be like, oh, he, that's rap. Mm-hmm. Like the dudes in New York, but like, that's rap. Mm-hmm. But in reality, in its basic form, rap is the, the music of mm-hmm. hip hop. Whether you like it or not, it's a whole different yeah, story. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you don't have to, like even Vanilla Ice, believe it or not, it's hip hop. Might not be good. Yeah. You know, but he's a part of it. And I didn't even know he was from, he's from Miami Lakes. Yeah. Was he really? I know he was, you know, there's a big that, yeah, controversy. He was I, really from Texas, and then he was famous. He, moved, yeah. he had the whole UM joint going on. <laughs> and he got a lot of, like, people were like, yo, you ain't from out here. Yeah, like, I, I always thought, like, you know, like, Scott Stortz was from here, but I think he's from New York, ain't he, or something like that? No, no, he's definitely not from Miami. No, he's from Philly. Yeah, from Philly. He used to be with the Roots. Yeah, but like, I mean, I'm, I'm in a, you know, younger generation. You oh, yeah, you're, yeah, you're not paying that much <laughs> attention, you know. You see someone who's posted in the gram for 10 years, yeah, 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 yeah. he's from <laughs> So when you, um, after speaking with the, the skateboarder, what happened after that? Like, nah, I just like, I just remember like, man, hip hop, like, and he, you know, he kind of explained it to me. Like, yeah, I mean, it's bad. I, I don't think he really was like, he wasn't like, he didn't know the difference much either. He, he mm-hmm. just knew it like it was introduced to him mm-hmm. as hip hop. Mm-hmm. So that's what he replied to me. And I was just like, and I just remember after that, just like that lingering in my mm-hmm. head. And and I wanted to know more, you know, what is this hip hop thing? Mm-hmm. You know, and come to find out I was already in it, mm-hmm. but I just didn't call it that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as I started to learn more, I got more and more involved in it, and I started to realize, man, like, one thing I loved about music is that, like, it, it puts a timestamp on, like, yeah. history, you know, and generations, and I was like, like, if you, like, if you think about, like, the 60s and the 70s with the, like, the protests in Vietnam mm-hmm. and the 50s, they have, like, their music, you mm-hmm. know, you go back further, like, you, like, like, for example, um, like, the 40s, 50s, 30s, like, the blues like, like, and all that. The blues, or you have, yeah. like, um, the rap track, and, mm-hmm. and you know, and, you know, like the mafia guys had those yeah. you know, like all that stuff. So I was like, man, I, like I always thought in terms of movies too. Like, yeah. I want, you know, what's the music of my time? And, 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 be, and then I was learning, you know, really, hip hop is the music of my generation. Mm-hmm. So as I started to get older, I was like, man, you know, I definitely wanna. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I, I definitely was a fan of it, and I wanted to be involved. At least I wanted to be involved in, in the sense that I knew it was in its beginning stage. Mm-hmm. So as a fan, I wanted to be involved and, and at least be there and see mm-hmm. history. And as, as time evolved, I was like, you know what? I could probably participate in this somehow, at least in my city, because it, even though it was big and already in New York and big in LA, mm-hmm. and Atlanta was bubbling, Miami was still very, you know, infant. 
terms of hip hop wise. You know, we had the the Miami bass community, but the booty music was kind of like it wasn't really like even though Luke he was on our show and he yeah. talked about it a little differently. Yeah, I had heard that. I, like the only episodes I heard really was like. The, the Miami artists yeah, I was gonna, yeah, yeah those are my favorite too because you know it's, it's my city but yeah. really and truly when it was the 90s already mm-hmm. you know the the bass community like that music was considered different than hip hop like the thing is the Miami cats were like ah hip hop is some like New York thing yeah and they were and a lot of the, and the thing is a lot of the dudes that were repping like the hip hop vibe out here were on some like I am from New York even though they were lying about it it was mm-hmm. crazy they were present they were all from Bronx Queens and that's what was annoying. Like people mm. like me, I'm like, man, what the fuck? Man? I'm not from New York. Like, fuck this shit. Like, you know. And then you know, and dudes like I had boys from Richmond Highs, and they would be like, mm-hmm. are you listening to that New York shit? I'm like, nah, man, it's hip hop. Mm-hmm. Nah, I fuck that. I fuck you know, two live crew or whatever, poison plan. Mm-hmm. Like, me too. But I'm just saying, I like this shit. That I like New York shit. <laughs> like it's not New York shit, motherfuckers. I'm yeah. listening to like Ice Cube and NWA. That's not some New York shit. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. It, it's just, it was just a lot going on in, in, in different lanes, and it was just, at some point I said, all right, man, we got to, like, I want to make an identity for Miami, at least mm-hmm. put my part in. Mm-hmm. And because not only was, like, people from New York looking down on um, Miami and the South in general, like, uh, you know, some Bama down there, mm-hmm. but even ourselves, like, we had this identity crisis where even if you lived here, some people were repping some other city, or mm-hmm. the guys here weren't respecting the hip-hop out here, they were like, mm-hmm. oh, that's New York. I was trying to change that in my own way. Mm-hmm. That's what's up because, like, you know, through history, like, I honestly even still to, to this day, like, you know, I feel like New Yorkers or uh, people from certain areas don't really respect Miami. Yeah. Like, like I heard in your interview, you were saying that even we like the the stepchilds of the South. Even us. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, I be telling, I be telling people from like Atlanta and stuff. Like, I have cousins and stuff. I'm like. Um, when I first started DJing, uh, probably like a few years later, I had artists from like New Jersey and stuff to this day, and they used to be like, man, where you from? You from Texas somewhere? I said, no, I'm from Miami, Florida. Like, bro, you country. Because we have, like, we have a different lingo. Yeah. You know, we, we to them, we still, you know, country, but like when we go, like my family's from Lobbock, Florida, from my dad's side. Yeah. When I go up there, they, they'll say, you either sound city or you sound like Caribbean because... Yeah. I have I have Bahamian descent, like I have Bahamian blood, you know, right. in my bloodline. So they could hear that. To me, I'm like, I don't know how you hear, it, but like people You'd be always surprised at what people yeah, hear. Yeah, people right? always say that we have uh, an accent, and then as I got older, I kind of realized that we kind of do. Yeah, we, we do. Miami has a certain accent. Like I probably have more of the Latin accent. Mm-hmm. I remember one time. I don't think I have an accent. So I remember I called. I was on a conference call. Mm-hmm. Some lady in Texas, and it was a conference call. A bunch of people from all over the country. Yeah. And I started talking, and she was like, "Sir, I don't speak Spanish." I said, I ain't fucking speak Spanish. <laughs> She's like, "Sir, I don't speak Spanish." I'm like, yo, what's wrong with this lady? She's tripping. But yeah, people, we all we have a certain accent. Some mm-hmm. of us have the Latin side of the accent, but Miami mm-hmm. has its own accent. Yeah, I had to look it up. Like one of one of the uh, on Google, they was like Miami has this um, New York East Coast accent, but mixed with like Southern or something. Like I had to, like they put it like that. Yeah, like it was like I was like I don't see how we you know you hear. But I could tell like when someone's from Miami, like even from the South, like I know when mm-hmm. someone's from Miami and someone's not from. Miami. Yeah. Like that's what I liked about that movie Moonlight. Like I was like, oh, they yeah, got Moonlight, the accent yeah, on point. Yeah. <laughs> they got the accents. They do because yeah. it's just how we talk. Like I always tell people, if you really want to hear like 
for me personally, I would say if you want to hear the real, the how Miami action is really is, either go in the inner city, yeah, or go down south, yeah. You know, cause you know, Kansas City, Opelika, we had the action, but it's more like. I don't know. I can't explain it. Like I feel like each part of Miami. Yeah, I think it's, it's each different. part has its own. Action. I could tell if you was from like if someone was from Hialeah, like right. uh, I watched uh, Love and Hip Hop, and I think this artist named Vega. Okay. And she was like she said she was from Hialeah, and I you know I heard her accent like yeah she's from H. I call it H Town. Okay. Cause I knew a lot of people from Hialeah, <laughs> and they all said you know what I'm saying because Hialeah is very big. She was Spanish chick. Yeah, her name. Vega? See an artist from I don't, I don't watch Love and Hip Hop. Only reason why I started watching it because of mine. Like okay. it was you yeah, know. yeah. So um so when did you start like DJing? Um I couldn't afford my turntables at first. Mm-hmm. Like when I started my company in ninety three, I knew I wanted to do something but I mean I, I was broke as fuck. I didn't have nothing, but I was like, I want turntables. I want to always be a DJ, but mm-hmm. I didn't have the money for turntables. So I, we threw a party not too far from here. It was our first thing we ever did. Mm-hmm. But I didn't DJ. I, just, I had some other people DJ, and it got shot up. Wow. Because in those days... Like, it was a jam? Yeah. Because like, I know for jams, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a car body shop. We cleaned it out, and mm-hmm. we threw a jam in it. You know? that Back then, warehouse parties were big. Mm-hmm. And anything back then, hip-hop, because there wasn't clubs yet really playing hip-hop yet. Mm-hmm. So any party that was hip hop, everybody from around the city would find out and come down by word of mouth. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like we had the internet. Mm-hmm. So we had a lot of people came, people came from up north and all over. Yeah, yeah. And then and actually motherfuckers that started shooting, I ain't even know who it was, but yeah, a shootout ensued and then some dude got shot, the cops came, shut us down, they were, and the cops were like, if we ever see this crazy hood shit on a flyer, we're gonna fucking shut you down. Alright, cool man, whatever. So I laid low. I scraped some bread together and I got my first turntables. Mm-hmm. I got some cheap ass turntables from in the back of the Source magazine. Mm-hmm. They had like a starter kit. Mm-hmm. I bought that. <laughs> started doing, started DJing in the crib, practicing, doing little mixtapes. Mm-hmm. So I'd say like around 90, late 94, no, like mid 94, mm-hmm. I started to, to do like DJ. And then end of 94, I, I was like, I, and I'm really like, I, mm-hmm. I was confident enough to come out and start DJing mm-hmm. parties and clubs and put out my mixtapes. So, so like, what was like your first major gig as a DJ? I mean, the mixtapes was the first thing that yeah. I did. And I feel like that was pretty major, putting them out. Mm-hmm. But my first, like, well, we, we threw a party at a, they actually tore this building down, but right by the courthouse, mm-hmm. um, you know, by the highway, by the bridge, when it goes over there, yeah. there used to be this, this hotel called the Travel Lodge. It was on the right-hand side, when, well, if you're coming from this side. Mm-hmm. And they had a little lounge. And somehow, I don't know how I got hooked up, but they let us use the lounge to throw a party. Yeah, you tell me, uh, is, it, is it like in the, in the, by the airport? Nah, yeah, you know where the courthouse is in the jail? Yeah, yeah. The county jail? Yeah. Okay, so this, you know the bridge like that? Yeah. So the county is right here? So on the other side of the bridge, there used to be a hotel travel mm-hmm. lodge. When they, they tore it down. When they tore it down, it was... Yeah, like two years ago. Yeah, because I remember... Um, you know, I was younger, my granddad and them, they'll take me around yeah. and stuff and show me like all them places they used to go to and stuff yeah. like that. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they used to have like, you know how most hotels have like a bar or something? Yeah. They had like a, it was a nice size, it was like a sports bar, but I mean, it was run down hotel. Mm-hmm. So that's why they were like, yeah, you want to do something? Mm-hmm. As long as they make money at the bar. Mm-hmm. I threw, that was like the first like mm-hmm. party that I DJed that we threw. Mm-hmm. And I got, I got pictures of that shit. Mm-hmm. Did that, that shit went smooth. And after that, we did, um, I started doing clubs on the beach. 
and now the beat just started for hip hop, but it's still slow and happening. How was how was that? Cause you know, to this day, you know, they still call us the people from across the bridge and stuff like that. Yeah, no. I mean, I always tell people, anybody, I say, if you want the real Miami, always cross the bridge. Fuck mm. the beach. The beach is horrible. I hate the beach. <laughs> I've always hated the beach. But in this time, the thing is, the clubs were all on the beach. Yeah. So we had no choice but to go to the beach. Mm -hmm. But the beach didn't want to, like, even if they played hip hop, they didn't want to let, like, so-called, like, blacks and Latinos in, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if, if it wasn't, like, someone that was, like, looked like they had bread. Mm -hmm. So that was the challenge, you know. And I started to work at a club that was owned by the mafia, the wow. Italian mafia. You know, because back then the mafia was heavy. Yeah. I mean, they probably are now, but they're not as in front of your face. Yeah, low key. Now there's a lot of Russian mafia out there. Yeah. But the Italian mafia owned a club that was called Union Bar. It was right on Washington. Mm -hmm. um, right when you come off of uh, Fifth Street, mm -hmm. you make a left, it was those first set of bars. Mm -hmm. but, and I remember the early, it was like, you ever watch The Sopranos and all these movies? Like, yeah, I watched, uh, not The Sopranos, but I watched like Narcos. Yeah. Well, well it was more like the Italian. Italian, no, no. You watch, like, any of the Italian I think movies? The Godfather. Yeah, I watched, yeah. 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 The These Godfather. dudes were like that. <laughs> like you had the like they walked in and stuff yeah, like that. And, then, and they was mad racist. Like they was like, I remember some some dudes were in there, like just regular people, whatever. And I was spinning hip uh -huh. hop, and then they, I don't know what happened. They just hit some black dude over the head with a with a, with a stool. Mm -hmm. And they was like, yo, we don't want. And they come to me. Yeah. But they love black women though. Italian men? I, mean, I don't know what the problem is at this point. I mean, I'm sure they do, but I don't, care, I don't think they care when it comes to women. But yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. Know. They were on some shit. And they had like a cop food down. They would pay the cops, so they were all good. Mm -hmm. I remember it. I was young, so I'm like, I just want to get my money from DJ. Yeah. This other shit. So I remember the dude, it was just like a movie. He's like, all right, man, I'm up. it's time to pay you. He goes, come with me. And this is after that incident. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm thinking, he said no speak this. I'm Cuban, man. He said, no speak. You know, mm -hmm. what are you talking about? And my boys are with me, you know, mm -hmm. all black and Spanish. So I'm like, oh man. And he takes me to the, the freezer room with the yeah, the oh, yeah, like, yeah. like a movie, like where they were gonna kill it. I'm like, yeah, what the fuck is this guy gonna do? And yeah, he just gave me the money. I'm like, man, I don't wanna work with these motherfuckers no more. But those are like my first gigs and, and you know, those clubs were crazy back then. Like I worked uh at another club that was owned by like an actor and mm -hmm. and Madonna used to own like liquid and they used to be Mm. Like hip hop, they had a hip hop room there. It was, it was wild, wild days. Yeah, my yeah, like the '70s and '80s, cause my um my grandma, uh, her brothers, one was in the in the pros and one was a drummer for the Casey and Sunshine band. Oh, dope. So she'll tell me like she met Rick Flair, she met like all these, cause they should come down a lot, you know, especially like they should they should come in the you know in the hood. Yeah, yeah. Cause where um where I'm from, like you know, Opelika area, like. My great grandma, uh, someone I guess gave her that house, but that house used to be the spot back in the 80s and 90s. Cause like, every, like when they wanted to come down, they be like, man, we gonna come right here. Then that just showed us, show us the whole Miami thing like that. But yeah, like I, I, I hear stories about like, you know, the 80s and the 90s and stuff like that. But I never like, I always want to relive, like relive it. Like I don't know, if I want to come out with a documentary one day. I mean, you should look into. I mean. I mean, I was a kid during the 80s. Yeah. The 80s, when I was out here, it was wild. You know, like, just like, even just like the gangs out here. Yeah, yeah. Was, like, they had, like, all kinds of weird gangs, Latin kings, and mm -hmm. Latin disciples. Like, I, mean, I mean, obviously, yeah, I guess I would see more of the Latin gangs, but, mm -hmm. but I know in Richmond Heights, they had, like, some, I don't know if you ever heard of these dudes, I think they were called the Ninja Turtles. You ever heard of them? No, I never heard of them. It was like, <laughs> no, it was like a gang. Man, I hope I'm not saying it wrong, but I think there was a gang called the Ninja Turtles. Something crazy. And it sounded funny, but these motherfuckers were hardcore. Yeah, like, I just heard, like, because, you know, 
a lot of people gotta realize, like, even as I started driving as an 18 year old, like, my, my dad should take me places, you know, all around Miami, but as you, like, for me, driving, like, first experience, Miami got different parts. Yeah. And everyone's, like, it's different. You know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta be careful. Like, got Little Haiti, Little Havana, you got Hialeah, you got Opelaka, you got, like, some parts of Kendall. Like, people think, like, it's a suburban area, but yeah. like, people be robbing over there. Kendall's different, because yeah. remember, if you look at, if you watch the documentary Cocaine Cow, Yeah, they got shot up the day now. No, but the drug dealers built Kendall. Like, this is their suburb. They, they well, built this suburb on purpose with I drug ain't... money so they could live in it. So so what I always tell people is that you can look at it as a suburb, but I guarantee you ain't nobody doing a home invasion, because whoever you going in, they going to pull out an AK on yeah. you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. Like, Miami just got so much, like, history, so... After uh, you started dropping the mixtapes and things like that, yeah. I know you as a DJ, you started like, you know, getting closer to different artists and things yeah. like that. So what was like your, I don't know, like a, like a I don't know, like a duo type for performance or whatever. What do you mean? Like, um, I don't know, like who did you, like, who did you DJ for? Like your first artist that you DJ for, for like at a concert? Um. DJ Four. I, I guess it could have been Nori, maybe. I mean, if it was known, you mean like known artists? I mean, I did. You don't it. have to be known. I, I did yeah. for you know my artists out mm-hmm. here and a, a lot of local artists and and like my mixtapes. Going back to like talking about Miami stuff is like mm-hmm. I made a point to always rep Miami in my mm-hmm. mixtapes when I put them out because we were getting all these mixtapes from New York, like DJ Clue and yeah, Clue. Tony and all these guys, and these guys are all talking about New York things. And I was like, yo, I mean, the music's cool, but I can't relate to that. Like, I want people in Miami to relate to, to, to Miami stuff, to mm-hmm. build that pride up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I talked about, like, they would be called, like, you know, like, I don't know, 95 South, whatever, different names mm-hmm. that had to do with Miami or Kendall even. And, and mm-hmm. the other thing that I would do is, I rep Kendall hard, which people thought I was crazy. They're like, are you gonna rep Kendall? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I mean, I live here. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like, this is where at. But I also believed in that whole thing that happened in New York in the in the 80s when it was like the Bronx against Queens and Queens against it. It built the whole city up because mm-hmm. they were all trying to be better. Mm-hmm. So I said, right, if I rep Kendall hard, then Hialeah gonna rep or, mm-hmm. or you know, Obalaga gonna rep or you know, because they're gonna be like, fuck them Kendall dudes. But on mm-hmm. some like, on some like you know like yeah. like trying to like be better on some music shit. So what's what's really did happen? Yeah, know, it did. Time, it like, did. You got North Miami and the, you know got NMB and stuff like yeah. that. Like it's really like the boys like yeah. music wise they'll be like they'll try to compel each other and stuff. And they're like, nah man, I'm from North Miami. I don't yeah. know about them boys over there. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I don't know. Um, in Overtown and stuff right. like that because it's, it's like I said it's like different. Like parts and things right. like that. I feel like there's been shows, um, and it was a movie that came up. But to me, like I felt like they never, they didn't really show the whole Miami as a whole. I don't know because it may be too long. Which one, the the one that was on World Star? Yeah, that one. I was disappointed in that because you know what? I was talking to the dude that actually directed it mm-hmm. before he did it. Mm-hmm. He wasn't. I don't think he was from Miami. I might, I don't quote no, me. No, I think he's from Chicago. I think I know he's from Yeah, because he did the Chicago one. Yeah. Cool ass dude. Mm-hmm. And he told me, because we talked, how me and you are talking. Mm-hmm. He's like, man, you, you know, you, you a legend. Here you go, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know about the history. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's like, I'm going to bring you in so you can help me, you know, get some, you know, like background and really mm-hmm. look at everything out here. 
And then when they did it, I feel like it definitely didn't have Latinos in it. Like that's like, another thing. Like you like know, it didn't. Like it, 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 it didn't show like like really like a depth to our hip hop scene. Mm-hmm. I know why they focus a lot. On, I think on, I didn't watch it, but I heard that like a little Haiti it was focused a lot because the dude Q from World Star, mm-hmm. you know, rest in peace to Q. Yeah, he's Haitian. So he wanted, you know, I get that. He wanted to focus on, on Haitian Americans, and, and I understand that. But yeah, I feel like they shorted us. You know? yeah. There's so much more to us, man. I think if, if Miami shows everything, yeah. not just one side, man, we just look better. Yeah, it's not even, it's even in the <clears throat> Caribbean in general, like, oh, you know, like me, I'm Bahamian descent. Even Luke said it. Luke said it, the Bahamians built about 40% of Miami. You know, and then you had the Cubans, you know, they had their part, a lot of part, you know. You had the Dominicans, like even Jamaicans, like it's different part, it's different cultures that came over here that built up Miami and things like Definitely, that. Definitely, man. I mean, yeah. Look, my friends are, are perfect representation. My crew's made up of Colombians, Cubans, Puerto Ricans, Jamaicans, mm-hmm. Haitians. You know, mm-hmm. all of that. So definitely, man. Like, there's just so much diversity in Miami, and that's what makes Miami different. And and. Great at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it's our it's a negative because we're mm-hmm. like a banana republic. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's never mind the politics of it. <laughs> but, but yeah, man. I mean, there's just so much, and I feel like when they just show one thing, kind of like a stereotype of Miami. Yeah, yeah. You know, instead of showing everything, you know, it's it sucks. And that and that's that's the problem, like, because you have out of timers. You know, um, I went to Virginia one time uh, with my mom and, and my stepdad at the time. Um, and like, you know, they was like, hey, you from, you know, you from Miami and stuff like that. I know you be going on the beach and stuff. I said, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> if I like, I tell people, if I, if I go on the beach, I like Fort Lauderdale Beach, honestly. Yo, I go there too. Because it's laid back. Yeah, like, I go you know, there too. people nice out there, yeah. you know. South Beach is like. Fuck South Beach, man. It's horrible. <laughs> now, I did talk to um, somebody, I didn't even know this. They, I heard that, like, Miami Beach, like, especially like North Beach. Got gangs. Oh yeah. Oh, I no. even South Beach. Yeah, yeah. They South cleaned Beach. it up. Like we used to have mad beef, my crew. Yeah. I mean, everybody had beef. Yeah. They had this gang called the South Beach Boys. Yeah. And they used to be on every corner. When you fought with one corner, they used to blow like blow a whistle, do some kind of sign, and all the corners would come in, collapse on top of you. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you was fighting five guys. You fight like 20, 50 guys. Yeah. You know, like yeah, no, it was. Yeah, because my boy Andres, he uh got a clothing line, most valuable. He's from 79th Street. Yeah. And he used to tell me, like, I told him the story, like, when I got, when I was 18, my car got told, and then the whole conversation about the the dude was telling me, oh, like, because he was asking me where I was from. Right. I told him, and he was like, oh, you from over the bridge? Like, you know, people over here is going to, especially, like, the elderly, they going to think of you as, like, a quote-unquote thug. But I'm like, ain't no thug. Like, right, right. <laughs> I was in college at the time and stuff right. like that. But, like... Andres, he was telling me, like, nah, bro, like, it was, like, people just think of the the glamour of, like, the beach. Nah, it's, 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 it's really, they just put, like, like a mask over, but the yeah. beach is really hood, you know, on different, on all kinds of levels, yeah. whether it be under, underworld criminal organizations, mm-hmm. or it be street gangs, mm-hmm. like, and, and they keep trying to make it look nice, but it's still there. Yeah. Because like, the even, like, Wentworth, I consider that, like, overtime. Wynwood, look, I used to go to Wynwood when it was just crackheads in that motherfucker. And, you know, Wynwood was a small pocket of Puerto Ricans in mm-hmm. Miami who lived in Wynwood. You know, like, a lot of people don't know that they don't think of Miami as having a lot of Puerto Ricans. 
but Wynwood was a concentrated area of Puerto Ricans. Mm -hmm. They even have a park called Roberto Clemente Park. Mm -hmm. And Zulu Nation, I don't know if you know about Zulu Nation, which is a big hip-hop organization. Yeah, I can't pronounce it. Yeah, yeah, Zulu Nation. So they had, they, they had a lot of like Zulu members there, and they used to throw jams in there. And we used to go there, you know, from around the city. People would go there because they would do hip-hop jams. And it was, you know, all the crackheads. It was crazy. It was the mm -hmm. you know, but that's where it was at, and it was all the Puerto Ricans. And we used to go to Wynwood all the time, you know, before it became what it is now, which is a tourist trap now. But people but people before then, like, they started doing graffiti? Well, like, this is, okay, so this is how it turned into, like, the art thing. Because mm -hmm. it was such a, like, desolate area. Like, nobody would go. There was, the, like, like, because it was warehouses, and then around the warehouses, you had the hood. Yeah. So kind of like the hood surrounded all these warehouses. Mm -hmm. So nobody really wanted, like the cops didn't really care about what was going on in the warehouse. So, and a lot of the warehouses were abandoned. Mm -hmm. So what graffiti writers did is they would go in there, they call this, in, in Miami, I heard they don't call it this in other cities, but in Miami they call it penance. Penance, so that penance meant a place where you could just do murals and mm -hmm. no one's gonna bother you or where they just do these big ass murals. Mm -hmm. And so the graffiti writers would go there all day long and just, there was, you go, you would drive back in the day and you just see all this graffiti mm -hmm. and big ass murals because the cops wouldn't mess with them there because mm -hmm. it was the hood. So as time went on, that's how the art shit started to pop because then what happens is a lot of like real painters and galleries used to get the warehouses that were in that area and do like little yeah. gallery showings. Little by little, they started like attracting people, attracting people, and then street art became popular mm -hmm. one day to the next. And it already was there. Yeah, I heard that. I heard the because the, the original art beds was from the beach, and they came over. It still is. It's in yeah. the it's in the the Miami Beach Convention Center. Mm -hmm. but yeah. Because but, but this is before. So what happened? They started to put little bars in that area. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, and then so little by little, people started going mm -hmm. over there. And one of the things that's funny that actually popped off Wimbledon that I, I don't think a lot of people give credit is you know um, Wood Tavern. Yeah. I've been actually went that last year. It's, it was, it's dope. It's like one of the first bars that opened that you know that started that trend of it being windward. Mm -hmm. You know, like the art world. Mm -hmm. um, one of the first years that before it really popped off, and it was Art Basel. Mm -hmm. Kanye went and hung out there like the whole day. Wow. No reason. And people were like filming, it, and everybody's like, "Oh shit, he's at what time right now?" And then it became a popular area. Kanye, I was Kanye is like one of the most influenced artists. I like Kanye, man. A lot of people I don't like him. Kanye. They don't understand him. I'm a Gemini. He's a Gemini, so mm -hmm. I kind of get him. I would say uh, I told the artist because uh, he's a Gemini, but I would say that Gemini's and Libras run like hip hop. Like, yeah, you think like, so? Yeah, because like look at all the Gemini's. It's, Ice Cube, Biggie, Biggie Park, yeah. Ice Cube. Ice Cube's a Gemini? I believe so. I think he's a Gemini. That's one of my favorite artists. Kendrick, I think he's a Gemini. Oh, let me find out. That's I gotta find out. Now. But it's a it's a few Geminis. Then you have the Libras with Eminem. Right. Um, Lil Wayne's a Libra. T.I.'s a Libra. I think G's a Libra too. Like it's. With me, I'm a Capricorn, so I'm like, you know, I, LL Cool J and stuff like that. But it's only like, music-wise, like in general, not right. just hip-hop, like we, you know, we we up there and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, man, like it's, I ain't even know that. <laughs> I ain't know about that. So the the mistake, because me, when I first started coming out as a DJ, I was doing mistakes. Okay. But in the interview that you did, you said mistakes is not appreciated no more. Not the way I'm used to make them. Like why why you why you say that like why you say that? I mean, well, for one, I mixed tapes when they were actually tapes. Yeah, yeah. And the difference be 
let's just start there. When if someone got my mixtape, they couldn't just pass the track. They had mm-hmm. they were like invested in listening to it, unless they were gonna fast forward or rewind, which mm-hmm. was a pain in the ass. So you know they had to listen to the way I mixed it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's everything. Mm-hmm. And if, once it got to CD, they could just skip the tracks and mm-hmm. they didn't care what you might have did some cool mix or something between songs. They, they don't even play. They just went to the next track. So just saying. So first it was mixtapes, and that was a, a, a that was a culture around just cassettes. And then mm-hmm. it got to CDs, and I stayed there. Mm-hmm. I did it. But then when it went strictly digital, digital I don't see the point. Like to me, a mixtape is something you went and you held yeah, yeah. and you grabbed. And, and, you, and the thing is now, the difference is that people got mixtapes back then because they wanted to hear the new shit before it came out yeah. or some freestyle or some shit they couldn't get out, out there. Mm-hmm. Now with the advent of the internet, you, you know, you hear, you just think you hear about something, you just Google it. Yeah, I was, was going to ask you that, like, you think streaming messed it up? Yeah, I mean, I mean, streaming messed up a lot of things. It's not mm-hmm. just the mixtape game. Even like it, sales it, and it, stuff. Just every, yeah, the music yeah. game got turned upside down. But yeah, just mixtapes, just just that game don't exist. Yeah, cause like um, DJ Drama was like my most influenced DJ, yeah, like, yeah. and like my sister had um, Jeezy mixtape. What was it? Uh, can't ban the snow, can't ban the snowman, cause she went to school up in Alabama State. Mm-hmm. So whenever she used to come down, she had all these mixtapes and stuff like that. And it was like you know the CD back in the day, like early two thousand. So I put it in. I'm like, this shit hard. And then like drama, he'll talk, you know, talking stuff, scratch, you know. Do, to me, my my thing was the drops, cause I'm like, I don't got no turntable to do the scratching. I don't really like talking like that, but the drops. So I had artists around me do drops for me. So even though I'll try to do a virtual DJ on the on the computer, it's not the same. Right. When I suspend it, do the little effects, then I drop the drop and stuff yeah. like that. You know, from I could say 06 to 2010, 2011, which I agree. I think that was probably like one of the last times in that era of mistakes that was ready. Cause think about it, like Wiz Khalifa had a dope mistake. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's. Um, but then that's the thing. It changed. It went to artist mixtapes. Yeah. Everything you're saying is is different from. DJs do yeah, mixtapes. Even though you, I know drama's involved, but these are really, it's a yeah. Jeezy mixtape. Yeah, yeah. So mixtapes change, where now when people think about mixtapes, they don't even think about the mixtapes I used mm-hmm. to make. They think about one artist mm-hmm. doing rhymes over other people's beats sometimes, or just songs that they don't consider an album. You know who should, you know, <clears throat> the last people that did that, that was from Florida actually, was Smalls and Obscene. Yeah. They was like the last DJs to actually do that, like, you know, had Pitbull, um, had like the Know Your Club, he actually made a whole song, like yeah. the Miami Club. Yeah. And like, you, you right, like, we don't get that no more. Right, right. Like, it's, it's not, I could say maybe Currency do it, but now Currency got his own, like, his mixtapes is like an album now. Right. You know, he drop them like every month. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, I can see that. So, uh, tell me about like the, like, from the early 2000s on to like 2010, like, how was that, like, with your music career? Um, those are, those are harder years to remember. But I mean, I was doing a lot of the marketing stuff at that time. Okay. In the early 2000s. And I remember, actually, in the early 2000s, really, it was really good because although I had done everything from like 94 to 2000, mm-hmm. it seemed like people really started to to like hear about me nationally around 
like late '90s, early 2000. So I was like, I was like one of the first DJs from Miami to be on on BT Rap City. Yeah, I heard, I heard on the interview. Like, yeah. what, how was that? Like, it was dope, man. Like I went out there. The only thing that sucked is that I, I recorded my episode, and I don't remember the exact days, but let's just say it was September 9th. Mm-hmm. And let's just say I flew out September 10th and then September yeah, 11th like happened. And, and it was crazy because in the last episode, I was just talking about that, like, how downhill, how we was, because I was in the fourth grade at the time. Yeah. So my mom, for some reason, they was like, we, they let us out early because it was some stuff going on. They said it was, it was really, from what I heard, it wasn't just them planes that was supposed to hit New York. Of course, you knew about the plane that was supposed to hit Virginia. Like, Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The they said they was they was trying to plan like hitting LA, hitting like supposedly, yeah. You know, yeah, I heard about that. I mean, the shit for me is that I was on an American Airlines. Yeah, it's crazy. And I was flying back, and I woke the, the next morning. I woke like I flew in that night, and I woke mm-hmm. up the next morning to the mm-hmm. news, and I was like, oh shit. And the thing is, the BET Studios that I was at is actually not that far from. From the Twin Towers mm-hmm. like I had seen the Twin Towers At least from where I was at It might have been A little distant But I seen it mm-hmm. So I was like Oh shit So that what that did Is that delayed my episode Coming out by six months Wow Which was It still didn't I mean it didn't matter But six months is a while back, Especially back then and So the basement Wasn't really in Maryland It wasn't what? It wasn't really in Maryland Like the basement No 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 No, no. <laughs> I mean I was a kid So I had to believe yeah. He was a black man I think he was like, I'm at my mom's house yeah, in Maryland. Uh, yeah, yeah, Maryland. Oh, no, nah, those stairs didn't even go nowhere. Like, <laughs> you, you would like crouch up, like it went into nothing. It was like, it went right there mm-hmm. and it was like upset. And then people would just act like they were coming down. Yeah, that's um, cool. That's yeah, crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, I, I recorded two episodes and, you know, and I came out and mm-hmm. everybody's, I, two or three, it might have been three, but uh, I was the first Florida DJ to be mm-hmm. on there. And then, like, the Source magazine, which was big at that time. Yeah. I came out and they talked about me or my groups and we were like one of the first. And when I say the first, I'm, I'm talking about like besides like Luke and Tulai, like. Look, they was already. No, but from our perspective, that was the base scene and they were, of course, they were legends in Miami, but at that time we were like parallel of each other. It was the hip hop scene in Miami mm-hmm. and it was like the, the base scene and it was just different, you know? Even though it's really the mm-hmm. same now mm-hmm. and now, but back then we. It was just looked as a different thing at the time. Yeah, because everyone, everyone always considered, like, Luke and Uncle Al, like, all of them, like, you know, you know they was the, the, you know, the booty shaking, yeah. the, the, the bass. And I think that was one of the reasons why a lot of, you know, up north um, New Yorkers didn't give us that respect, because look at Trick Daddy. Trick Daddy was influenced and, and by... Trick Daddy like, comes from, though, he, his first song is Scarred. Yeah. Like to see his his evolution, like my my favorite album from from him was like I think Thug.com. I tell I tell people yeah. to me Trick is Miami's Jay Z. Yeah. You know, and, and the thing about Trick, and this goes for hip hop across the board, like if it if it's like honest and authentic to that city, mm-hmm. and you really feel like yo this person's a voice of that, mm-hmm. like that's what Trick is for all mm-hmm. of us out here. Like when Trick spoke, you know, I I feel like I'm li- I'm in Miami now. I'm listening yeah. to Miami, you know, and. and I mean, I, I love Trick and, and mm-hmm. that whole movie, but like you said, yeah, like the bass scene, and, and also Uncle Al, like I got to, to yeah. meet Uncle Al, talk to Uncle Al, and he was really supportive, actually, like a lot of us used to think, like, like maybe someone like Uncle Al might be like, ah, y'all doing that, that, that New York type style, mm-hmm. you know, rap shit, you know, that mm-hmm. hip-hop shit, but when I met him, he was like, yo, if you rep in Miami, mm-hmm. I'm a support. So he was that dude, because, you know, he passed away, I think, in 01, so yeah. I was legit, so... 
How was he? Was really like humble. Like he was all of always. Well, I used about to go to Studio One Eighty Third. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know about that spot. I don't know if it's still around. No, they not. You talking about the one with the plaza with yeah, Caramel? Yeah, you know they knocked all that down. Oh, they did. They knocked all that down. They finna turn that to like a, a new a new plaza. Like they knocked it down the last year, beginning of no, the end of twenty sixteen. Yeah. But they tore all that stuff down. Like they taking a lot of stuff away. Yeah. Well, I met him there at, uh, it might have been a Goody Mob show or something. Like, one of the cool things, I got to see a lot of the first shows that people did in Miami, like Outkast, Goody mm-hmm. Mob. Like, Outkast came by my, I used to do Pirate Radio, too. And they came to my Pirate Radio show from over their second album. Um, and so whatever, so I got to see Red Man first time, Biggie mm-hmm. first time, like all these people. So I, that, to me, is history. But but anyways, I met Uncle Al at Studio 183rd, and mm-hmm. I remember... I was start trying to do a magazine mm-hmm. called Trife Life Magazine with my homie who was from New York. Yeah. And um, and we, but you know, it was important to me to represent Miami, so we did an interview with, mm-hmm. with Uncle Uncle Al. But it, the magazine never came out. And I'm actually trying to find those interviews because they're, they're they're legendary. It's interviews. Golden. But I got pictures, and you know who Freestyle Steve is, right? Nah. That's, who is that's that? one of his boys. You know, they had the Sugar Hill DJs. Yeah, I know about the Sugar Hill DJs. So yeah, it's one of his boys. He's on the radio. I forget what. I think he's on 99 Jams or something. I don't mm-hmm. know, but he does. He's doing big things. He was DJing for like, I think either it was Missy or. I don't know, he was DJing for somebody, but he be touring, mm-hmm. he, he's doing his thing. Mm-hmm. But he hit me, like, I posted the picture of Uncle Al, he's in it, and he was like, oh, he hit me like, oh, shit, that, that picture's crazy, you know? <laughs> and I just remember, like, meeting Uncle Al, super humble, you know, because we love, like, the thing is that no matter what anybody thinks, like, even though, like, the hip-hop heads were different, yeah. Miami bass, to us, is still a part of yeah, our DNA. Like, when I went to a party, you know, you had the reggae set, mm-hmm. You had the hip hop set, like the DJ put, and then you had the R&B, a little bit of R&B, mm-hmm. and the bass music, mm-hmm. and the bass music, and the reggae are the things mm-hmm. you dance with the, night, the girls with. You know what I'm saying? But and yeah. the, we love that shit, so that was part of our DNA. Yeah, cause like you know, that when I was in middle school, like I love all hip hop, but like I'm like man, I'm from the south, yeah. you know, cause. That's when crunk music came out, right. you know, in the 2000s. Um, and I didn't realize that it was actually Bruce's Mafia that came out with the start of the whole crunk right. music. Then you had Houston. I used to be in love with school and Chuck. Like, people used to call me, well, like, bro, you from Miami? Because, you know, downhill, we like it. Like, the music kind of sped up. Right. So, they slow it down. Yeah, they slow. communicate with DJ Screw. Yeah, that's like, like how, 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 like, how was he? Like, was he. I mean, you know what? Man? The thing is, I, I have this bad memory that I call Bacardi brain because I drank so much alcohol. <laughs> so my memory's all haze. And that's why on Drink Champs, I call it uh, Drunk Facts. Yeah. Because something's right about what we're saying, but something might be wrong. <laughs> I don't quite remember my interactions. I remember we used to communicate, if I'm not wrong. We might have talked on the phone a couple times and through email. I think mm-hmm. it was through the phone. But I remember him hitting me up, and just because out of respect, he was the mixtape dude out of Houston, if I'm not wrong. Mm-hmm. No, definitely Texas, but I think it was Houston. And, I mean, he was a legend mm-hmm. at that time already. He was a huge legend already. Yeah. But I got respect for being in Miami yeah. And that was, and even drama, like drama showed me a lot of respect when I met him and stuff. So that was the cool thing, like as DJs, we all respected each other from mm-hmm. different reasons. 
And I think people from those kind of regions, not mm -hmm. New York, we even had more respect for each other because we all knew we were kind of like had the same struggle. Yeah. We're not from New York, we're not from LA, we're from all the other markets. Because we don't have all the labels and stuff right, down here. Right, like, we, right. even to this day, we still got to go to New York and LA. Like, you know, uh, when I talk to artists from, uh, like, I have an artist named Valona Denise, she's, she's very dope. Um, she's from Jersey and, like, she had to go to LA. You know, but like to get her name, you know, known out there and stuff like right. that. So I tell, I, I, I tell her all the time, like you know, <laughs> we don't got that done. <laughs> right. You know, even though a lot of people come down, we don't have. We, I can never go downtown Miami and find a label, right, a right. music label. You know what I'm saying? Like right. they made the closest thing you probably have is like. Like the, the, I think they got a Warner Brother, but it's for like Latin, the Latin Warner Brother. Yeah, they, like they got the Latin, Sony, Latinos. Yeah, yeah, there, but yeah. they don't, really, you know. And I mean, when Luke had his record label, yeah, Luke records, you know. That was still like independent, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's like, we don't, we don't have that. Right, we know. don't, yeah, we don't. So, like the, still like the, getting like the 2000s and then in the 2010s, uh, you started getting more like business with it. Yeah, more business, managing more artists. I started consulting, I do consulting also, where mm -hmm. I consult people, like independent labels or artists on how to like like develop themselves and market mm -hmm. themselves. And but mid the mid two thousand tens it got rough. It, the economy got really bad out, you know, in general. In yeah, country. general, yeah, yeah. Like after Clinton, President Clinton and George Bush, yeah. the, the economy sank and that affected me and how I made money. And shit, you know, shit was kind of tough, but mm -hmm. kept, I started working for the, oh, this is what happened. I started working for one of the big porn companies out here. Oh. Bang Bros and Reality King. Hey, you know, it's, I'm not, I don't want to put, all right, I heard that, that one of the dudes um, he went to my high school. I don't want to say my high school name on the, on the podcast, but I heard he's one of the founders of Bang Bros. Uh, what, oh, you don't want to put your high school out there? I can tell you more or less if you did or didn't. Um, well, don't worry about it. <laughs> we, we, we talk about it outside. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, these dudes, mm -hmm. these guys were loaded. Like, they were doing really yeah. well. And they started a record label called mm -hmm. South Beat Records. And they brought me in as a marketing director. Mm -hmm. And actually... Remember when Kimbo, the first big viral show? Yeah, RIP, man. We, we yeah, love him, man. Kimbo, great dude. Well, yeah. he, he was a part of the label. Like, he was managed by the same guys. Mm -hmm. So I made him the face of our record label because he was Oh, yeah, because he was, he was supposed to be like a security guard. For, wow. for the porn. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. then they started managing him as a fighter. And then I was they brought me in to, to be the marketing guy. But the artists we had weren't known yet and definitely mm -hmm. didn't have no street cred. Mm -hmm. So I was like, man... Kimbo got so street credit. You guys manage him, so might as well use that mm -hmm. brand. So I made the, I made, we made banners and we wrapped the truck with his face. Made a mixtape called Bare Knuckle Hits, mm -hmm. like this. And, and I'm, you know, he's hosting. I got him hosting. Yeah. It's funny because he didn't know how to really talk on the mic for it. <laughs> he was like felt weird. Yeah. But really humble guy, man. Yeah. I really feel bad for his family. He's a really good family man. And yeah, man, rest in peace, yeah, Kimbo. Yeah, because when I find out, me and my homeboy, we from, we um, behind the sun. So like not only he was from the crib, like you know, he was you know like I tell like it like it's a lot of Cubans, a lot of Jamaicans, Haitians, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, but it's not a lot of Bahamians. Well, I know a lot of Bahamians. But you know like that's like that's you know Well is this didn't Luke say he was? Who? Luke? I think yeah, I believe Luke, but like you still don't get that knowledge, that knowledge yeah. from a lot of people. Cause I think, like, I think Bahamians are just real humble. Bro. Yeah, like they're, they're not like you know how Jamaicans be like you gonna know they Jamaican mm -hmm. and now Haitians feel that way. Yeah, I don't know Bahamians yeah usually low key you know. Yeah, so 
But yeah, man, so like, how was that though? Like, working with like a, a, a porn company, like? It was, it was, it was weird because they didn't really, it wasn't really into it, like how I was, like into the music. Yeah. It was just, they had a lot of money. They were good dudes, mm-hmm. but they were just, it was like a toy to them. And I ended up leaving, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to talk about the detail. I mean, it's nothing bad, but I just left. Mm-hmm. And when I left, I was Johnson. Jim Johnson, the that's the producer for Pitbull. Yeah, yeah. for him and when I left. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying he took my position, but he just came when I left. Mm-hmm. And eventually the label folded. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't have, their mind was on the game. Yeah, so they had a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, like, they... People pretty get kicked out. <laughs> nah, but they, they closed at 12, but... Uh, it, they they really wasn't really focused on music. They was just focused on the, the money part and stuff. Why they was doing it. It was just like a toy to them. Like, like they, you know, they had all the money from the other stuff. This was just like they really didn't. I don't know. They just didn't care about. And I'm here caring about the culture. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really work in an environment like that. You know? mm-hmm. well, that's crazy. So after that whole situation, what was after that? Like, um, I left there and I. One of the groups that was over there that were my homies, Mayday, yeah. they ended up leaving the label too, and then mm-hmm. I ended up managing them. And they got to deal with Tech Nine, Strange Music, mm-hmm. and you know, helped with that, and started touring the country with them. Mm-hmm. And then Nori ended up moving down to Miami, mm-hmm. and that's when we started working out of my studio that was here down the street from here. Mm-hmm. And we started doing uh, recording, uh, and then we started doing like a, a Sirius XM show. Wow. Which is actually the precursor to us doing Drink Chance. I mean, sure. years later we did Drink Chance, but we was doing that for fun, and that's what kind of started us getting well, that idea. I, I always wanted to know, like, how was that? Like, like, when did that? Like, did? Because I remember I have I, I heard crazy like stories. Like one of my um, my my homegirls, uh, they have a company called Mimosa. They said. They was up one night having their little girls' night, and they were drinking wine. That was like, that just created a, a company called Mimosa that sells accessories. So how was that like when y'all started? You know what? Let's make drink champs. I mean, the thing is, is that we used to say the, the term drink champs in the studio for fun. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with the podcast, nothing to do with anything. Mm-hmm. It was just like, if you got, you know, we drank a lot, so if you got yeah. too far, oh, you ain't no drink champ, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. I just like the way it sounded. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and grabbed the .com, the yeah. Instagram, the mm-hmm. Twitter, I even like copywrote it. Mm-hmm. I even had the logo made eventually. Mm-hmm. But it took five years from that for us to even decide that we we're going to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. Nori wasn't even, like my boy was doing podcasts and he put me on with podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I tried to convince Nori and Nori didn't know what it was. It mm-hmm. wasn't popular in hip hop. Like, mm-hmm. That was like some nerd shit. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it took me a while to convince him and some things happened, you know, long story short, he was ready to do a podcast, and then I was like, yo, let's call it Drink Chance, and at first he wasn't with it. He was like, I don't know about that name. But then when, I don't know, whatever happened, I showed him the logo, and, he, and at first he didn't even like the logo that much. <laughs> and then he's like, all right, fuck it, let's just do it, you know? And then here we are. That's crazy. So, like, y'all, y'all both came up with a concept to have just the legends, you know, on the show. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we we definitely... Because I, mean, I love that idea. Yeah, we. the thing is... I personally don't like saying legends only just because it, it keeps us boxed in. Mm-hmm. Now, I do feel that we are home to the legends. I feel like mm-hmm. the legends should be able to always come and know that they're going to be treated like anybody else at our show. Mm-hmm. But 
I think that we should also be able to talk to any other type of. I want to talk to actors, comedians, yeah, anybody yeah. that loves the culture of hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know, like let's, you know, like you know, like Seth Rogen. You know that mm-hmm. comedian. That yeah, 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 yeah. Like, he loves hip hop. Like, I would love to have him on the show because the broader we get our audience, the more when we do have a legend, the better for that legend. Yeah. because Now the audience is bigger. You know. Yeah. So that's what I, I want to. But yeah, man, we. we we're home to the legends. We want people that we grew up on, or even people before us. Mm-hmm. Like I want to have Grandmaster Flash. Like he's yeah. the, he's before my time, but I respect him as a pioneer. I don't want him to come on the show, you know. Yeah, because like um, I heard the uh, besides like the Miami like artists, like of course I heard like the Wu Tang. Yeah, I heard the whole three hours because it's like that was a mess though. <laughs> that podcast was, I mean, the Wu Tang was great, but yeah. that day was a mess. The audio was all fucked up. I mean, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm just one of the few people that's like, you know, if I'm a fan of a, a podcast, like, it was Drink Champs, uh, it was Charlemagne, Brilliant Idiots, yeah. um, who there was a couple other podcasters that... You listen to Joe Button? Joe Button, um, I like to, I like to see it, like, like, video, yeah. but I loved him when he was on, um, on the compact show, um, okay, yeah, yeah, cause he lo- he know his hip hop, right? Like he like to me like I want to meet him one day, just ask him you know a lot of questions yeah, yeah. and stuff. Um, but with me like when I when I started my podcast, sports biz music is because of like the the podcasts I was listening to, and plus you know the Breakfast Club and things like that. So I just like you know what. I know a lot of people, but I want to get to know, you know, other people as well. Right. So I like sports biz music is like, you know, have athletes, have, you know, artists, have business people, you know, talk about like, not just the current, but also like the past, you know, how they started. Because I, I love that, you know, I'm a type of person like, how did you, like, how did all this start? You know, what you got going on now and then, what's the plans for the future and stuff like that. So, like, y'all heavy, y'all heavy influence, you know, in sports biz music, so. You should have my boy, um, Drink Champ Sports. That's why I, I was about to ask you that. Um, how, how, how does, like, because they don't have, like, a podcast out, right? Not yet, man. man. We have, he, so, he, he hasn't gotten yeah, shit together yet, but so pretty, so he's, pre- he's, like, a sports fanatic, though. Yeah, because I went to school for sports, yeah, so, you he'll know. talk to you all day. I'm, I'm not a sports guy. <laughs> you know, like, so you never really, like, uh, follow up the I mean, Dolphins I, and all that? I mean, that? no, I did. I did. Mm-hmm. And I, I, the Canes. When I was young, yeah, yeah. I just followed all the sports, and I played mm-hmm. football in high school for a little bit, and mm-hmm. played football and basketball in the streets. But mm-hmm. when I got into the business, my mind frame was like, I don't want to do, I don't want to get involved in anything that's going to sidetrack me from what I need to do. And mm-hmm. when you're into sports, you get into it, man. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm one of those dudes that when I'm into something, I'm, I'm all the way in. Yeah. So I just said, I'm out of it. Like, I'm not going to pay attention to sports. But music still, it's, it's still, it's like a sport. Like, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, you, but I'm just saying, like, when you're into sports, you, yeah. you're going to be my boy. He'll talk to you forever. Yeah, about like sports. ESPN all day and stuff yeah. like that. That's another thing, too. Like, even like ESPN first tape. Yeah. Like, it's like, I don't know, like, I've I just never been that person that like to talk to, like, especially, like, be social with new people, but where I want to be at, like, because I want to be an agent, like, a, a, a sports entertainment agent one day, so, one day soon, so, you know, even you, you could teach me about, like, you know, management and things like that, because I, I don't know, growing up, my family always had, like, uh, businesses. And like I was always like my, my granddad had this T-shirt. My grandma she she sold you know like dresses and stuff. My mom yeah, they're entrepreneurs. Yeah, she had taxes and stuff like that. So like I was like, what I want to do? 
I like I wanna be a businessman, but I wanna help people, you know, get be financial, you know, stable right, cause right, right. I was that kid in high school that I like my mom gave me about seventy dollars on the you know, on the car and yeah. stuff. And then like I'll pay for people like lunches and stuff, cause that's I'm I'm, I'm still like that to this day. Right. Like I tell my fiance, if I'm broke but I got five dollars and you need something, that's yours five dollars right. to get you something to eat. I'm cool. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's just hey, you um, do it. Yeah, and then I do my research. I don't know. I'm just I'm a geek. Like you write like sports. Like I like when it comes with the trades and the contracts <laughs> and things like that. Right. So. Um, so before, well, two questions. Who are your top five artists of all See, that's time? That's tough, man. A lot of people ask me that. It's just tough because when you ask a DJ, we have so much music yeah. in our head. But I mean, I try to tell you in terms of hip hop artists. Mm-hmm. Um, Ice Cube is one of my favorites. Okay. And I'm telling you my favorites. Okay. I'm telling you that they're the best. It's just who I really admire. Yeah, they're just you just always listen to. Ice Cube. Nas, um, Scarface. Um, if if we're not doing groups, I no, guess Andre Three Thousand. If it's just so no, we could do groups. Outcast. Um, and then you see, like be all kinds of. I'll just say Rock King. I'll just throw Rock, Rock King. King. But there's just more than yeah. that, you know. Because like in my like for me, my artist was like. And Kendrick right now, Kendrick, like yeah. Kendrick is to me yeah. like I listen to Kendrick like twenty four seven. Yeah, in, in, in my generation is like you know how the nine minutes before the Kendrick J Cole you had the, I had the J Cole too see the J I had the Jay Z's you know the Fifty Cents the Trick Daddies the um, the Nas the DMXs um, but now it's like me I'm trying to track back to even to like the Chaos ones and Chaos the Rock yeah, no, and stuff like that. Like, like that's the thing. There's different. As a DJ, we think in categories also. Mm-hmm. So I would I would go like different category, different styles. Like if you listen to my album, I have like Trick. I got Trick on. Yeah, I Juvie. Want, Juvie's one of my favorites. I want to talk about the album because like with me, like I one day I want to have my own like album, like you know, like you drama, Khaled. Yeah. But how you did it, like you mixed like the old with the new. Yeah. The South or the East Coast with the West Coast, yeah. and then you probably had like one track was probably was straight East Coast, straight LA, you know, straight you know Miami. Like, did you do that on purpose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did it like that's the way I would do mixtapes. But the difference is those mixtapes weren't my songs, mm-hmm. and I would try to like get things. It's just whatever I liked, and I thought mm-hmm. it was dope. But I wanted to make sure that it had a balance of from my hood. But something dope from here, something dope from there, and mm-hmm. just put it all together. And that's, to me, that's what a real mixtape mm-hmm. was. You know, it's a mixtape. You're supposed to get all kinds of flavors out in that mixtape. Mm-hmm. But things that make sense together, too. You yeah. just throw them together. Yeah. So that's what I, I try to do with my album. I try to, you know, represent Miami, mm-hmm. but at the same time, represent all the different types of artists that mm-hmm. I like. You know, represent parts of my background, which is L.A. too. And I, I love a lot of L.A. music mm-hmm. because of that background. So I had like MCA, which I loved growing up. Compton's Most Wanted was the yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Cam was a very little known LA artist too, but he 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 was big. He had a song called Peace Treaty when the after the LA riots and the gangs united. Mm-hmm. Another dope artist. So I, I was just picking people that either I really liked and I got them, or I just liked the the mix and matching of like mm-hmm. Trick. I always wanted to have Trick and Dead Press. Yeah. Dead Press from Florida. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. 
and you know they, they're very political and they're very they talk about you know a lot of stuff and I felt the trick does that too just people yeah, don't really does. hear it you know they just look at trick overall but hey, trick a lot of a lot of stuff that's happening now trick that he said a long time ago like in the America on song I'm like y'all gotta listen to that shout out to my boy society that was originally if I'm not wrong originally that was his song but what happened like just. What, what happened like Well no he gave it Cause they were on the same yeah. label And he, he gave it to Trick Okay so Like I think Trick Did the song With him And then He gave it to him I don't know one, That's one with the kids right Yeah 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 With the, with the flat When they was on the And um, the kids is on in the And song? he had all white on Right but the, the kids singing in the yeah, song Yeah 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 that, that was a, Society told me That was originally his song yeah. And he gave it to Trick But I mean Trick was, It was perfect Yes yeah, family Amazing yeah, yeah. song you know? But how, how is that process Cause even now I'm, I'm working on one track And I have two artists from down here, and then like my artist from um, Jersey, um, she, she she still like you know uh, trying to work on her track and stuff, and then the the thing the beat, I don't know who the producer is, so like another producer from Hollywood from up Broward, he told me he can just like switch up the beat. Yeah, that's easy. But how how was the process like to get the red mess and? and then, Trick that it's is. crazy. No, it's not. It's not nothing easy. But what you gotta understand is that I took. So this is my 25th year of being in the industry, like doing mm-hmm. music. When I did the album, that was 2015. So all of 2014, I worked on that album. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm a 20, maybe 23, 22 years in the game. Mm-hmm. I took. I used all my experience to lead me to that place. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to do an album, but I was. I felt like I wasn't ready or whatever. You mm-hmm. know. And then I felt ready to do it, and I just, and I had a board that I wrote down before I started, like, the type of people I wanted on songs mm-hmm. together, like, like my wish list. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at that board, it's about 80% accurate mm-hmm. of what I ended up getting on my album. It was just me going in there, just using the same, like, everything I learned in the mixtape game, yeah. everything I learned just in everything, all my network, and just leading. And the thing is, a lot of people, back in the days, people used to have to mess with me because I was a DJ doing mixtapes. And back then, the radio didn't play a lot of hip-hop out here. Mm-hmm. So I was on, I did the mixtapes and I did pirate radio. Mm-hmm. So the labels and the artists would cater to me because I was one of the only outlets to get their music. Mm-hmm. So they would do things for me, freestyles, drops, whatever. Mm-hmm. But now when I put out this album, they, I'm not that kind of DJ anymore. So they don't have to do shit for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh man, these people don't have to do anything. But I don't know, man. People just they they, they fucks with me, mm-hmm. and I'm just lucky, man. Like I can like my thing is make sure whenever you solidify good relationships in this industry, mm-hmm. and always be honest with people. You know, keep your word. Mm-hmm. You know, tell people if something's wrong. Just don't don't like hide it. Like just tell me, oh, this is nine doing this. Like don't mm-hmm. don't ever feel uncomfortable doing something. Like make sure you just everything feels mm-hmm. right. And I think that all that longevity and all that way of being who I am just got me there and was able for me to manifest that album because the album in a normal world would have cost like I could have been afforded that like it's golden like you know not to sh- shoot down Khaled because Khaled first album to me no no and what Khaled does is, is different is, yeah. totally different lane and I've seen Khaled's grind so I, I have a yeah, lot of respect I, I, I love like Khaled. me and him came up around the same mm-hmm. time you know? but your album it's like I don't know if like you didn't do enough marketing around it. Or it, it was a low budget. Look, I didn't do the album yeah. for it to be a radio hit. You know, like I'm not. I wasn't on a label. I did it all by myself. Yeah. It 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 did what it did for mm-hmm. what I could make it do. You know, I still think there's a lot of people that need to hear it. So I'm gonna do like I'm gonna do another project and try to shine light on the older album. You know, on that album. But yeah, man, it wasn't made for radio. I did it for me. Yeah. Like it was strictly an album I did for myself. 
I did promotion. I did it, you know, it got its buzz at the time, but it got its buzz within like a pocket of like diehard hip hop. Yeah, like a hub. Because you know, like, yeah. I always, you know, it's one of the things I always say. Um, Cult, uh, having a cult following yeah. is, is, is better than just being famous. Like, yeah, I believe you know, like At least they're really into what you're doing. Yeah, because, like, you know, even though I just known of you for like a couple years, right. like, is I, I knew, like, you had a following, like, for a long, long, long time. And, like, even, like, having a, the, the different artists, you know, in your project, like, it just, it's, 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 it's like, it's a heavy influence, you know, as for me as a DJ and stuff right. like that. You know, I'm kind of ashamed that I ain't know of you, you know, because I'm like a geek. Like, I'll come home, do my research as much as I can, because I tell these up-and-coming DJs that's younger than me, I tell them, like, you know, you have to do your research. Not even just, like, um, hip-hop as a whole, but you got to know about your city. You got to know, like, you know, where the sound came from, you know, who was the first to do this and do that. You know what I'm saying? Like to this day, I still like even new artists. Like, uh, like for example, like um, I don't know if you heard of Lunch Money. Yeah, of course. I didn't even know he was from down here. Yeah, yeah, that's my homie. And he like, I tell people like, even um, I went to um, Florida um, studio one time one day because my cousin he um, he worked with him with the you know with the youth football league. It was just amazing, like, how this man got his MTV awards and stuff like that, because a lot of people don't know, Flo Rida used to rap before he went. He was in a group before. Yeah. So it was just like... And it was like an underground Yeah. And, it, and it, it just it just it amazes me, like, how, like, you know, he could just switch yeah. and just do something. Don't be afraid to take that leap of faith and be like, you know what? I'm going to change my route. I did it. And then, like, the man is like... People don't think he, don't do, he ain't doing nothing now. I'm pretty sure he's doing Ooh, a lot. Flow? Yeah, oh, I know. I'm pretty sure he's doing a lot. I saw him in New York not too long ago, and he was like, he was yeah. big out there. Even, even with Pitbull, now I ain't going to lie, you know, people progress, but money is a major issue. It's one of my top, this is my top 20 for right. the album. Right. You know, and, and, and but, you know, I realized that with, even with Pitbull, like, he progressed. I like seeing, like, different DJs and artists. They progress. do just, like, look, man, you can't stay the same. And yeah. Sometimes you... You just outgrow what you did, and, mm-hmm. and Pitt is a brand. Like he's like a world brand right yeah. now. Like, he's he's like like a fucking celebrity mm-hmm. around the world. Like, mm-hmm. That's crazy what Pitt has become. Mm-hmm. You know, dude owns schools and shit, and, and, and yeah, fucking, you know all kinds of shit. But and you know, and going back to the mixtape stuff, like I don't know if you know this, but like some of the first times that Pitt was heard was on my mixtape. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Ross. Maybe I know on you, but maybe it was the artist. <laughs> maybe like right, the right. like. Cause like in them times like you know you had the line wires and stuff you had the, the different stuff so like I searched different like yeah, you songs. Yeah, definitely probably had a song of mine. Yeah, but I probably that. didn't like. Yeah, for sure. For you sure. know, so it happens because even people tell me that that was like, bro, I ain't know you used to work. You, you hosted this person mixtape and stuff yeah. like that. It happens. Like, you know? like um, Ross, he posted something that I didn't even know. He posted a flyer mm-hmm. from Studio One Eighty Third. It was he mm-hmm. said it was his first show, like official show. But he didn't go as Rick Ross. He used to go as Willow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard about that. And he showed the flyer, and, it's, and he even shouted me out because it's, I'm DJing the, the yeah. party. That's it was, crazy. And I, it was actually the Outcast one. That's crazy, man. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Like, it's just, I don't know, man. Like that's 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 why I, when I created the podcast, I like I want I want to learn new thing new things, but also like get the chance to meet you know 
like a legend like yourself just to sit down and just because I'm learning like the knowledge and things like that you know nah, we could talk for hours if we had the yeah, chance man. I mean I'll definitely do this again if you want yeah of course because um, Starbucks you know y'all once again y'all sponsor sponsor the podcast please <laughs> yo you know that, that could be possible yeah because even um I want to also ask you this too um to more with the drink chef like how that how that was like how was it that you even get a deal with, like, with CBS? It was my boy, mm-hmm. and this is something else from Miami that you'll learn. Mm-hmm. My homie Godfrey, he does a podcast called Gamertag Radio. I've heard of it. It's a gaming podcast, but mm-hmm. it's like gaming, but they, they talk hip-hop, too. They talk about all kinds of yeah, hip-hop, yeah. Then too. And he's from Kendall, and mm-hmm. he's actually in the Podcast Hall of Fame, because he's like one of the been doing podcasts before it was even called podcast. Yeah. And he was at CBS, and he say, yo, man, he was the one always pushing me to try to do a podcast, and he mm-hmm. said, yo, you want me to introduce you to the people? I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then introduced us, and they picked us up. You know, mm-hmm. like, we did a demo. We actually, me and Nori had to do, like, a demo. Mm-hmm. Demo was Fat Joe and, and yeah, yeah. Uh, Kenny Anderson. Now, Fat Joe got a podcast on title. Poker Vision, yeah. yeah. Just, today I was with them. I was like, we were doing a video with That's what's up. Fat Joe. That's what's up, man, because, like, um, so, like, CBS and then Revolt, like... And then Revolt picked us up as a TV show. Mm-hmm. And now we're no longer with CBS for the audio. We're with this company called Audio. Mm-hmm. I don't know who you. How I you go through it. audio. Me and my my podcast is through Audio Boom, and me and my fiance we got a podcast called Cuddle Talk, which I tell all the time. I feel like that's gonna be that show that's gonna blow up. Right, right. Because a lot of people say it's different. Right. You know, they like to see like our dynamic, but um, Audio Boom, like you know, I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> somehow, some way. You know, one day, you know, continue to grind and get like a partnership with them because they like every time I post, tag them in it, like they like it. So I'm just, you know, you doing know, it. Right. There's the formula with them that I've learned because I have friends that have you mm-hmm. know, published to them as well. If you get a, you just need to get like a few thousand listens in a week or something, mm-hmm. and they'll start to get you ads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I, I do Radio Public, I'm on the, and they like, they had this program. It's like it's easy, like, cause they they want people to to like get ads. So it's like you just do like a um, like a little sign up. It's free. So every time someone like listen to it, they have like they ad and stuff like that. So just day by day, you know, I'm doing my research and things like that. You know, dealing with the podcast, but I'm also you know, got I got a lot of stuff going on too as well. You know what I'm saying? So with a with a random stuff marketing. Random stuff, clothing, like I'm just bending the brand. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> it's a lot, man. Keep grinding, man. So, I, so, my last question before I ask, I ask everyone this um, where do you see yourself? Because you've done a lot, right. but where do you see yourself five to ten years from now? Whew, I see myself tired. Um, <laughs> nah, man, I mean, another thing I didn't mention is I, I do this uh, documentary series called Coming Home. That actually revolt been putting them out. Is it on um it's on my site. You can stream them all okay. at crazyhood.com. Okay. Like the four that we put out. So it's basically like we travel to different countries mm-hmm. and we like it's like a travel show. It's me and my boys, we go mm-hmm. like my crew and we clowning, but we go and we meet with hip hop artists mm-hmm. and they kinda of show us around and but it's like it's 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 about hip hop, but it's also just like about us traveling to this foreign mm-hmm. country and but through through hip hop, like hip hop is showing us mm. around, like the artists out there. Mm. So we went to Cuba, which is the first one I had never been to Cuba. Cuba. I always wanted to go to Cuba. Yeah, I went to Cuba in 2012 mm. before it opened up. Mm. 
and then we went to Peru, mm-hmm. went to Haiti, mm-hmm. uh, Vietnam. Mm-hmm. My dad fought in the Vietnam War, and I went to the battlefield where he fought. Yeah, my dad, he was in the Vietnam War, so too. Purple Hut. My dad has yeah. two Purple Hut. Yeah, he was a Marine. He's a Marine. I mean, he's still alive. Um, you should check it out. Like, all of them. And then right now, I'm about to release... Uh, Colombia. The, the films are called Coming Home because mm-hmm. the first one was Cuba, and it was like me going home. You know, even though I'm not, I'm born here, but my family's Cuban. Yeah, I'm raised Cuban, so I called it Coming Home. Yeah, and then so they're all called Coming Home. So now it's Coming Home, Colombia. I took one of my homies, actually Drink Champ Sports, yeah, Colombian, took him to Colombia. He got to go to the area where his parents, you know, yeah. lived and were born and stuff. So. And it's dope. We get, we meet artists and we see how they're doing hip hop and mm-hmm. how they, their industry and what their problems are, what they're learning from us, mm-hmm. and the good and the bad, and mm-hmm. we went to the hood and we see what's happening. And, and, and that's my passion project. And my future is really I see myself doing that more, you know, those kind of film projects, because I really get a lot of out of it. But I feel like we need that though, especially like you know Netflix said they're trying to release seven hundred shows. Netflix all at me I mean no I'm I'm, I'm working on getting a deal like that Um, Mm because right now the films I just do them like once a year Mm -hmm. but I really want to do a whole series you know like I don't know if you ever heard of Anthony Bourdain he's on CNN now he's like a travel dude you should check him Mm -hmm. out really dope I'm gonna check him out he's had he's been around for years now he he's a chef though, but he goes to different countries. But he it's like he talks about everything. You know? mm-hmm. It's not about just food, all kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of like my role model in what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like he does it with food. I want to do it with hip hop. Yeah. And um, I want to go everywhere. I want to go to places where you wouldn't even think. I want to go to Mongolia. Yeah. And show you a rapper in Mongolia. I, I mean, hip hop is everywhere. So I, I, guarantee I, so you. I gotta watch your show because I know Nori do with the food. The food show. Yeah. Nah, I ain't gonna lie. I gotta. I hope I have him on the show one day. He was down here for the like the food. Right. I'm not I'm not saying Milmar like certain parts of Milmar is not the hood, but right. he said Milmar was the hood. I like right. I, I like for me as a you know as a mime native, yeah. I you know there are parts of Milmar that yeah they know yeah. Milmar no like East yeah. Milmar like yeah. I stay in Pines like me and my I used friends to get all my my records from uh, my boy yeah. at a Jamaican spot out. Yeah, there. don't get me wrong, like um, me and my fiance we just moved to Pines mm-hmm. like in July, but I always knew about it because like my best friend he stayed in Milmar. Like East Melmore and stuff like that. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it depends um, on where you're at. Yeah. yeah, but like for me, I always thought like you know you go like the Overtown, you know what I'm saying? Like a uh, uh, little Haiti somewhere, you know, open lockers, you know what I'm saying? But like I I I really appreciate and I love what y'all doing. Like y'all, first of all, y'all been doing music for a long time, especially yourself. You got the podcast, but you branching out. You know, doing documentaries and stuff like that. And, and, and check out, sorry to cut you off, but mm-hmm. also I have another podcast that's doing celebrating the 25th anniversary of my company where we're interviewing all the people in my crew. I start, I actually try to, I actually try to uh, start listening to it, yeah. but I have to really like sit down yeah, and yeah, like, it, soak it. You got to soak it because it's these individual yeah. story, you know, mm-hmm. in my crew. But yeah, check those out. Yeah, man, so. You got anything else before, like any shout outs before we end the podcast? Yeah, man, just thank you for having me, man. It's all good. I appreciate you, no, man. Thank you, bro. Like, I, I really like, you know, because I always said that I'm, I'm looking for, like, a, a mentor just to, you know, talk to me and things yeah. like that. And, like... Yeah, hit me anytime. No, yeah, no man. Problem. I appreciate you, man, for being on the show, Yeah, we man. can do it again, for sure. Yeah, man, but this has been your boy DJ, DJ Anonymous with uh, Sports Biz Music, episode 20, with the legendary DJ EFN, and uh, we out. Peace.